Okay, so testing one, two, three. Four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine. Alright. Okay, so first of all, first of all, Shkaich to the sponsors for this morning. Once again, Jamie Stoller for sponsoring this morning's learning and breakfast. He's already crouching in on anonymous territory every Sunday, but anyway, so Shkaich is all good things. And also, Shkaich to Chaim Rostin for sponsoring, co sponsoring as well. Lakavit, DJ Elephant, and uh, his whole family, the whole Mishpacha. So, Shkaich like it's only good things. And Shefa Bracha Natslacha Ad Blidai. Okay, so so this so this morning, um, what I want to do is really, in a certain sense, really tie up some loose ends, some tie up some loose ends from from the past couple weeks, and really, I guess, frame everything we've been talking about. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, frame everything we've been talking about in terms of tshuva in a certain context. So, it, 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 I, I know I say this a lot, but I think it's going to be shorter this week than usual. And uh, it might not be anything new. It's more of just a repackaging and a reframing of what we've been talking about. So what, what have we been talking about? Um, so the kids are, what we've been talking about is, in a certain sense, a, a redefinition of what tshuva is. We always think of tshuva, that tshuva means fixing a particular mistake, working on a particular Indian, and you know, going through the process that the Ramam talks about, harata, uh, and vida, and all that. But what we've been doing the past couple of weeks has really been showing that, like in, in Pneumius, what, what's happening when a person does tshuva, and really in the essence of what tshuva is, is that tshuva is really about uh, reconnecting to one's own will and reconnecting to one's own sense of um, power even and influence. We've been talking about this idea of tshuva is an Indian of becoming less tangled up in zman, in time itself. And so the way we explained is that every particular moment a person finds themselves in, you can look at it in two ways. Either this is a moment with a particular set of circumstances that I am a victim of, and that itself is sin. That itself is sinful. That's a, that's a hate mindset. It's a hate mindset that you are a victim of your circumstance and you're stuck in that particular situation and that which is small and tiny, which is that particular moment in time, is in charge of you and governing you. That's called hate. And we talked about this, Bariches, how that's why the original sin caused the human being to become mortal, that he's now controlled by time itself and he's not above time. Uh, we spoke about this from the Vilna Goyen, that between Zohar and Akeva, right, that the Isha is connected to Zman. Uh, the Hilchas we find this thing, and you know, there's a lot of connections between women and Zman. And so the original Chait of Adam and Chava, which, was a, which, was, uh, which is ultimately about listening to Chava and letting Chava run the show over Adam, means allowing a person to just fall prey to the circumstances of Zman. What is tshuva? So he said that tshuva is really a person having shalom bias with, with, with the moment that they're in. In other words, that of course the time that I'm in and the moment that I'm in will dictate what my avoid is. But ultimately I am being sent into that moment in order to do mashpi, in order to accomplish, in order to do. I'm not a victim of that moment. I'm being guided by that moment in terms of what type of influence I have to have. And the definition of tshuva in Pinimis is what we're saying is to be a mashpia, is to be a mashpia. And a mashpia doesn't mean to be a tyrant. 
to be a, a ruler over, you know, over the moment or over people that you are influencing. But it means to listen and to be, pay, pay attention of what is needed and then go and do it. That is tshuva. That is tshuva. So way beyond, and, and way beyond fixing a particular chayt and a particular inyan, there's a there's a there's a there's a consciousness of tshuva which is which is much more yisaidi, much more fundamental in terms of defining one's place in the world. That I'm not a victim in this place. I'm not being schlepped from one moment to the other moment and just being, you know, uh, being defined by the circumstances around me. I'm being guided by this. I'm being the, the circumstances around me are a simon. Is the bini yisera that women have? It's a simon of what the rabbanishal wants of me here, but what? I'm, but then I am doing. It's a certain to become a, to become a zacher. That's what we saw from the Vilna Gaon. Now, based on this, by the way, just to tie up some loose ends, one of the f- first questions we have when we started this sugi of tshuva is that, interestingly enough, in the Rambam, tshuva is not counted as a mitzvah. There's no positive mitzvah to do tshuva when you when a person makes a mistake. What is the mitzvah? The Rambam says. Rambam says. That if a person makes a mistake and they do tshuva, there's a mitzvah to do tshuva in a certain way. To say vidoy and to confess in a certain way. But there's no mitzvah per se, there's no commandment compelling you to do tshuva. And the Acharonim asks, it's a fellow, why not? That should be the more fundamental idea, do tshuva. Uh, yes, there's ways to do it, but the, the more fundamental thing is to do tshuva. Why would tshuva not be the mitzvah? Well, the answer is, based on what we're, what we're saying over here, is that the essence of tshuva is that you're in control, that you're in charge. Tshuva would, it would be counterintuitive for tshuva to be something that you're commanded to do, vaiter. The whole end of tshuva is to find your own will and to find your desire and to say that I am the one that's in charge, I am the mashpia, I am going to be the one to conquer this moment and to conquer this territory and to influence the world in the way that the Rabbanishon wants me to. to the whole inyan of a mitzvah telling you what to do puts you in a position of, the, of being in a keva, of being a makabal. The whole inyan of tshuva is to be a zacher. It's the whole inyan of tshuva to be a zacher. So you can't, the, 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 by its very definition, tshuva cannot be something that you're told to do. Tshuva has to be something that you have to come to on your own. <clears throat> Another question that we had that Zashem now we're going to try to answer is that we saw in the very beginning, a couple weeks ago, that tshuva is always connected to tefillah. And that we spoke about, Shuvan Tzvila. But it's also connected to Tzedakah. And we saw in the Rambam, the Rambam said that this lifestyle of a Baal Tshuva, even if he's doing Tshuva on Lashonara, but the lifestyle of Baal Tshuva is that he's involved in Tzedakah. It's the lifestyle of Baal Tshuva. He's always, he's marbeb at Tzedakah. So the question we had a couple weeks ago is what shaykhist does Tzedakah have to Tshuva? I mean, if the person's doing Tshuva on Tzedakah, on the inyan of being stingy, I understand he should increase his Tzedakah. That's part of his Tshuva. But if he's doing Tshuva you know, over uh, eating non-kosher food. What in the world does that have to do with giving tzedakah? So take a look at Maramukha number one. So in Lukaris that you have, so Maramukha number one is a piece from Lukut Maran. It's in Chelek Aleph, Simen, Samach, Tes. Well, Nachno here will give us a better context of what money is and therefore what tzedakah is and we'll see how it fits with tshuva. Again, just, but just to bear in mind what we said before is that the essence of tshuva in Pneumius is having proper shalom bias and a proper relationship between Zach and Akeva. That the Akeva is certainly there, time is certainly there to guide us and to give us context of what we're supposed to do. But ultimately, the Zachar has to be the Mashpia. And you're not just going to be schlepped along with time and the Tkufa and this and that. Because again, like I mentioned last week, 
time by itself without the human being coming involved, coming, the Lebezach coming and influencing and bringing light, the moment by itself is chaos and is uh, full of Toyavavayim. Uh, and so tshuva means the opposite, the opposite of just listening to Chavah. Tshuva means that there's a moment in time which needs tikkun, and I'm being guided by that to figure out what I need to do, but then I do it. And I know what I have to do, and I'm the one that's influencing. It's the side of, tshuva is the side of v'hu yimshobah, that Adam is the mashpia over the nekeva. So in that context, take a look at Rav Nachman says. Rav Nachman says, ki ikar hamamin adam. Where does money come from? Ki ikar hamamin shal adam, boloi aidei bazugai. Money, a person's money, is deeply connected to the neshama of his wife, of his wife. Kalyidei or nafsha, Nachman said, through the light, the light of a person's wife's neshama, that's where your finances come from. I know. Obviously, you know, a person's wife has, an, has her own neshama, but neshamas have a way of spreading and branching off and sparks emanating from it, so to speak. So all the sparks and emanations of a person's, of a, of a woman's neshama are the finances of the home. That's money. Mammon comes from that place that's called the nefesh. The nefesh is and the word nefesh is always associated with one's wife, with the feminine quality. That's the word nefesh. We find this in Tanakh very often that money, a person's possessions, is called can. For example, it says in I think this this past Shabbos, it says in Pasuk that uh, if you take collateral from a poor person, and they, uh, you shouldn't hold on to it when if they need the collateral back. Let's say the person is poor and they only have a blank one blanket, and I take the blanket as collateral because he owes me money. So the Pasuk says, but you should give the blanket back at night because he needs, he needs the blanket in order to live. By holding back the collateral, even when he needs it, you're holding back his soul. So you see, a Pasuk, the Pasuk connects the person's possessions with their neshama. But it's not just their neshama. It really, it's the wife's neshama. So now Nachman explains a little bit the, you know, sort of the, the, the path to it. We know that the wife in relation to the husband, is, we find this in Tanakh, in Chazal, that the wife is called the feet of the husband. Uh, where a person has you know, the ability to stand on, that's the, that's the wife. The Zayar says in Parshish Ve'er, that Hashem protects the feet of his chasidim. It says the Zayar Kaddish, that's referring to the wife. So the wife is, 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 is connected to the feet. Uksiv, and it says in Pasuk, all of their possessions and all their wealth that was by their feet. And the Gemara says, why is, the, why is money described as being by a person's feet? Because a person's finances establishes them and allows them to stand in the world. So you see these two things. The Zohar Kaddish says a wife is connected to a person's feet. A person has the ability to stand because of his wife. And the Gemara says in Sachem that money is connected to a person's feet. Through money, a person is able to stand. But Nachman says these are not a coincidence, two separate drushes. They're connected to each other. Because in, spirit, in a spiritual sense, the root of money is coming from the Nisham of the wife. And because of this, the Gemara says in Bavmetzia, the Gemara says in Eitz, a person should give covet to their wife, to respect the wife, to have good shalom bias. 
in order that they should become wealthy. Because again, being machab of the wife and making sure that the wife's neshama is taken care of and so on, that itself is the makar of bracha, that's the makar of a person's parnasah. said every time a person comes to the world, and this is renewed on Rosh Hashanah, a person's neshama comes to the world, the male neshama comes to the world, and we know that there's a baskel that comes before, right? Who's he, he's going to marry, so every neshama has its partner. And with that comes a decision of how much money they're going to have. And it's a shirikh. Now again, you have to be careful. This doesn't mean that if a person is having uh, difficulty in finances, it means that his wife has a small neshama, right? It doesn't, it doesn't really, because like, it could be all sorts of cheshbonis, all sorts of algorithms in place to see how much a person has. And in truth, Ezer washer is a semech v'chalkan. And the truth is, maybe your wife has a huge neshama and you're not listening to the Gemara and Bamitziah of honoring your wife in order that her neshama should be able to be expressed properly. So there's all sorts of inyanim. But what we do, but at the end of the day, so not, it's not necessarily halach in terms of like how to make business deals, you know. But, but, but Rav Nachman is telling us this inyan, that money is a v'chinas nekeva. Money is a v'chinas nekeva. That's why money, money is, money is nothing. Money is potent, money is... Money, uh, money is whatever you make it into. Money is the chinis nekeva in terms of in terms of in terms of potential. It, 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 it could become many many things, just like a wife, Hashem gives birth to children. It could become many many things. But money is the chinis nekeva. Now, based on that, based on that, the, the, like like plugging it back into what we said before, every avera, every avera ultimately ultimately is rooted in a certain mindset, a certain psychology of the person, which is, I am a victim of my circumstance, I'm a victim of this moment. Every moment brings with it a certain, a certain uh, misayan, a certain yetzar, a certain chaos. And if a person goes into that moment with a victim mentality of, okay, this is, this is my matzah, this is what it is, then what? Then that's called listening to Chava. That's called listening to Chava. That's called allowing Chava to run the show. And then, of course, you're going to be dragged into all the chaos that comes, that's existing in that moment. That itself is called Paiva's money. That's called allowing money to rule your life. It's the same thing. Allowing Zman, right? Even, even you know, Hainu uh, Damriyinshi. Uh, we find this in Chazal, that when there are certain statements that, that the world uses, and there's Ashkacha Pratis in that. So there's a Lushan that the world uses, which is time is money. That's Mamash Lord's time is money. They need of Zman which is Nekeva, like we saw from the Vilna Gain, and money, which is Nekeva, time is money. By allowing, by being a victim to time, like we said last time, that every time has a particular mazel and a particular netia that's drawing you to a particular way. If you allow yourself just to be passive in that moment and allow the moment to take you to wherever it wants to go, then automatically it's going to take you to Tayyavayu and to chaos. The job of the Neshama, like I said, is to learn it is to is to have a sensitivity of what is the potential of the moment but then you are dominant and you're in charge and you do what the moment needs not what the moment is asking for but what the moment needs that's called being a mashpia that's called having proper influence over the world around you victimhood means uh, just gonna go for the right I don't believe in my ability of being mashpia that itself means allowing the cave to rule over the zahar and that itself means being completely obsessed with money, where money guides, a, governs a person's whole life. That's called, that, that itself is sin. That itself is the meichen. It's the meichen of sin. 
allowing zman, which is money, and the keva to be dominant over the person. And that instead of me influencing, I am being influenced. That's why in Rav Nachman's writings, we find that one of the biggest Yetzirahs is Taiva's money. It's Taiva's money. Because it's ultimately, it's not so much there's something wrong with that per se, but it's, it's a certain, it, 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 it feeds into a consciousness of, of being passive and being just a, a victim of circumstance and being completely bound to time and the limitations and the and the and the the what's what this time what this moment will bring me to without me stepping up and becoming a little bit more in charge of what I think Yerbanishu wants me to do. Tzedakah, what's tzedakah? Tzedakah means to be in control over his mind. Zaka means to be in control of the money. It means I'm not going to allow the money to dictate me. I am showing by mitzvah, of all the mitzvahs, the one mitzvah that shows how I am not completely at the mercy of money. I am the one that's in charge. I'm going to take my money and give it away. That's Zaka. So Zaka, therefore, in its, in its essence, is tshuva. It's the same inning as tshuva, which is v'hu yim that instead of allowing zman to, to guide a person and to dictate what I need to do, I am the one that's going to dictate what this man, what this moment demands and what this moment needs for its tikkun. I am the influencer, not the influence. That's the, that, and that's the site of tzedakah. The site of tzedakah is to have a healthy shalom bias. That's what it means. That's what it means. So that's why, again, going back, that's why tshuva, tzedakah, tzvila, they're all wrapped together. Now, fine. Now, one last nakuda that I want to, you know, sort of frame everything we've been talking about is based on the writings of Rav Kook. So, you know, in the last series we, we spoke about, um, you know, moving from like the whole Tukufa of like Thomas and Av, we talked about, we talked about the Malchus of Klai Yisrael, Mashiach and so on, and I mentioned that everything we talked about then is really sort of a Pesach into the writings of Rav Kook Bechlal. Really, everything we've been talking about the past couple of weeks in a certain sense is, is a Mafteach, is at least one of the keys to understand Tshuva in the writings of Rav Kook, Arisa Tshuva. The Sefer the Rav Kook wrote called Arisat Shuva, The Light of Shuva. It's not a book that talks about practically how to do Shuva. Uh, that you don't need Rav Kook for. But the writings in the Arisat Shuva, Rav Kook talks about what's happening in the nefesh, what's the inner, the inner world of Shuva. And what we've been talking about, this Indian of a person sort of recapturing their sense of, of Zachras, their sense of being Mashpia and not being just a victim of the moment or the victim of time and the victim of circumstances. But Adaraba, for who Yimshobach, the circumstances define for me what I'm required, what I'm needed for, but ultimately it's about what I'm needed for and I'm going to be the one to influence. And this is the site of Tshuva. We find this as a major Indian in Rav Kook's writings. But to give it a little bit of a, of a context, we know that in Svarim there's, there's, always, there's something that's called in Svarim Tshuva Ilah and Tshuva Tata. Higher tshuva and lower tshuva. So there's all different ways how to interpret those two, those two relations, those two sides of tshuva. But in the context of what we're saying, also seeing Rav Cook is like this. Lower tshuva means the type of tshuva that we've been accustomed to to thinking about growing up, which is I want to do this bad thing, and I'm going to not to do that. See, that type of tshuva, which is very pragmatic and very practical, very surface, it's actually the opposite of the type of tshuva that we're talking about, in a certain sense. 
the, the, the practical tshuva, the lower level tshuva that we're accustomed to thinking is that I have a certain will, I have a certain desire, I want to do something. And the, the ultimate, the, the, and the strategy of lower tshuva is to slash the tires, to deflate one's desire. The less I want, the better. The more, the more passive I am is actually the better. So it, it, in the lower level of tshuva, the objective really is to, I say the words, it's not so nice, but like to sort of give yourself a lobotomy. Like, halavai, I shouldn't even want, and I shouldn't even think, I should just be just like a robot and just go. Like, that would be the ideal. And then I wouldn't have a taiva for Yetzirah, for this type of Yetzirah, and that type of I, My rutsin, it's my desire and my will and my sense of purpose and my, my power, my, my zachras, that's actually causing me all my problems. So a lower level of tshuva means, well, okay, so then the Eitzah is to become more of a lemma and not to be uh, such a gavra and to deflate the tires of your ratzim, right? To take out the, the power of one's ratzim. That type of tshuva, although it might be necessary sometimes and certainly in the beginning of a person's, you know, acceptance of changing one's life, there is sort of a deflating that has to be on one's sense of power, for sure. But ultimately, that's not a healthy tshuva. It's not a healthy tshuva, ultimately. What we're talking about is a description of tshuva law, a higher tshuva. A higher tshuva means not to sacrifice one's power and one's strength, but to put it in proper context and to understand that all of your rutsen and all of your desire and all of the things that you want are not there as a hindrance and they're not there as just something t- taking you to other places. You are needed. You're, you're, you are, there's, there's, there's purpose in what you're doing. Like I was talking about Shabbos morning, right? That the Yad, the letter Yud of El, is that you, you have a Kayach, you should be Poyal, and you have to be Poyal, and you're here for a reason. And so the higher level of Tshuva, which is not specifically targeted to a particular Yetzar or a particular Indian, but it's a more of a redefining of one's role in the world. That I am here as a Shliach of the Rabban Shalom to influence and to conquer territory, right? Miluas art for Kivshua, like Hashem said to Adam, go conquer the world. And so that's not specifically targeted to a particular Avera, that's, that's more of a rebuilding of one's Ratzin. And by doing so, then Adarabha, a person then is able to embrace one's, one's, dis, one's, one's will even greater than before. And so these are the two levels of Tshuva. If Tshuva is on a lower level or in its maybe immature stages, it actually deflates one's will and deflates one's sense of, of influence in the world. But with time, as a person is able to develop a deeper perspective of what tshuva is and the tshuva process within the neshama, then Adarabe, it doesn't deflate one's passions and one's desires and one's sense of purpose. Adarabe, it increases that. And what we've been talking about We've, we've been sort of skipping steps a little bit. We've been talking about that deeper level of tshuva of not specific to Lashonara and Machos Asuris and this, but just taking a step back and redefining your presence in the world and your place in the world. Like you're not here being schlepped along by time. You are sent into the world of time to conquer it and to influence it. And that, 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 that it's, a, it's a complete shift in terms of, of your place in reality, which then automatically does two things it automatically builds up a certain confidence and strength that you're not going to fall victim to this particular Yitzhar in this particular moment, in this particular circumstance. 
And number two, it actually allows you to embrace and 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 and, and inflate your 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 sense of strength and power and influence and your zachos. That's a good thing. Not in a way of, ty- of tyranny, but in a way of good thing. Yeah. You need a microphone too. No, okay, yeah, yeah, it's fine. So if so, right? So that's a good question. Will tshuva tata? Will the lower tshuva naturally lead to tshuva law? It can if you're aware of tshuva law, right? If a person's not if a person's not thinking about tshuva, but doesn't know this, then all tshuva means is that lower level tshuva of of actually slashing the tires of one's will. So then you know that that that's no good. I'll give you. I'll, I'm going to say something mamish in parentheses, and maybe after the recording we could talk more about riches about it. But we know that before Mashiach comes, there has to be tshuva. There has to be a ruch of tshuva that, that, that takes over the whole world. That, you know, Asidin Yisrael lasis tshuva. The Kla Yisrael, the world is going to do tshuva. But, you, but, but I think in a, in, in a very subtle, deep way, the world is struggling with this Indian right now. I don't mean the Jewish world. I'm talking about Mamish, the, whole, the, the Western world, is struggling with this Indian of tshuva tata versus tshuva yilah. Because again, everything we're talking about is Zachar versus Nekeva and the place of the Zachar as the Mashpia. And if you're stuck in Shuvah Tata, then Zachar, the Mashpia, which is Rutzen and desire and will, that's a terrible thing. That's a terrible thing. In Shuvah Tata, it's not a good thing. In Shuvah Tata, you would rather be a Lemelo and passive and just a victim. Right? That's really what you want by Shuvah Tata. Shuvah Ilah is about embracing the Kaikh of Zachar. But not in a way of tyranny, chas v'shalom, in a way of, abu- of abusiveness. Adrava, it means, let me listen to the bini yisera of the moment, of what this moment needs, and that's what I'm going to do to be mashpia. So it's a, it's a healthy shalom bias. But again, this inyan of zachar nekeva, and this inyan of, of the, the zachar's roles vis-a-vis the nekeva in terms of hashpah, this is something that the world is struggling with, and I, I see this as, as, as just a... a underdeveloped, uh, immature, unripened, I guess you can say, an unripened energy of tshuva that is, that is flowing through the world. It's just, Kali Yisrael as the heart of the people, the heart of, the, of humanity, the heart of the world, have to be able to figure this out better. And this relationship of tshuva tatav versus tshuva ilah, and a person does go through these steps. In the beginning stages of tshuva, a person will, will feel a certain level of deflation in terms of their desires, and that's, that's necessary. There's a certain weakness that sets in as a result of the initial stages of tshuva. But if you give it time, then it becomes strengthened, and you become actually more powerful as a result of it. Now take a look at, at, at Marmokka number two, and Marmokka number three, and we're going to see this together, and it's everything we're talking about. This is an Arisat tshuva, again from Rav Kook, and Paraktes is really the parak where he talks about the union of tshuva and desire and rotsin and its relationship. These are two particular pieces from there. So, Paraktes Aisvav. Yesh chisarin v'tchunasa shel tshuva hanemucha. There is a deficiency in the nature of lower tshuva, of tshuva tatov, lower tshuva. She mechaleshes es ritzayna shel adam, that it weakens a person's rotsin, it weakens a person's desire, upagemes bezeh ishiyusai, and it damages one's humanity. And specifically, one's masculinity, ish, uh, ish, it damages that. The chesarin, so, that, so that's a problem, but, but it is a necessary thing. You, ha, you know, again, if a person, 
Lamaisa, a person has to work on not saying Lashonara, so, but a person wants to say Lashonara. So you have to not want so much. It's a necessary component in the beginning. The Chisarin Zen Ismaili, however, this deficiency will become full again and it will fix itself. When Shuva fully ripens. When Shuva then unites with its higher form. Where the higher tshuva, the main intention is not the, it's a, there's a little mistake, it's not the breaking down of one's will and the breaking of one's individual strength. The higher level of tshuva, the goal over there is the strengthening of, of, of one's rotsin and the increase of one's value as an influencer. It's an amazing thing. Rav Kook teaches this, the difference between two, two tshuva is the tshuva out of fear versus tshuva out of love, right? Tshuva out of fear corresponds to the lower level of tshuva. Where what? Where the, where the Gemara says, at best, the aver which was done on purpose is now considered to be was done by accident. In other words, why is that? What's the difference between mazen and shaygeg? You're rotsen. So the whole lower level of tshuva is what? Is to take away rotsen. So if I take away Ratzin from my life, so the Rabbanu Shemidah Kenegemida, he'll take away the Ratzin from my Averis. And what remains? The Averis is still there, but at least now it's not the Ratzin, so it's B'Shayi. But a higher level of Tshuva is not about deflating the Ratzin, it's about realigning the Ratzin, and Adra, but increasing the Ratzin. So for there, the Averis itself, which, is, which was a moment that sort of released a certain level of strength and of Tkifus, is, is actually now a good thing. It's now being reharnessed as as developing a deeper sense of hashbah. He says, He quotes a Pasuk, that when the Rasha returns from his Rishas, when the Rasha does Tshuva, and he does Tzedakah and Mishpat, he lives from it. So it's not a bad, it, it becomes a good thing. Take a look at Maramakim number three. Again, also of Kok over there, Ayis Yud. Hatshuva, v'kol halichas hamais yishalah, Tshuva with all of its practical halachas. You know, I had to do the Rambam and so on, Charat, Zivu with the, the essential spirit of Tshuva, Shaletis Tshuva, obviously is the focus during the days of Tshuva. So, leading up to Rosh Hashanah, like this is the, you know, the, the, the atmosphere that we're living in right now is an atmosphere of Tshuva, hopefully. Im with the great uh, 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 positive effect that tshuva can have to clean an neshama out. So, with as amazing as tshuva is during this time, with its ability to clean the neshama and to and to and to, and to make an neshama more gentle and to purify one's actions, all the things that tshuva does, but it does like a sponge. It does absorb within it a weakness. That even the strongest of people will not be able to escape a little weakness that actually sets into a person because of truth. When you, when you are makamitz, when you um, uh, squish, and uh, nicer word for squish, when you when you when you, const- when you contract and constrict. A rotsin, a person's will, which is what you have to do in your initial engagement with tshuva. Kishakayfin is oyz achayim, aydein atil lashav nachet. Or in other words, when you 
subjugate the strength of life when you when you push it down, right? In order to avoid doing averus, so you have to you have to want less. You have to be a little bit less powerful. So miskamis gamkin rotsen atoyv. Then with that shrinking and with that subjugation comes also the shrinking of good desires. And the strength of good, holy, and pure life also becomes weakened. So it comes out that a person in the process of tshuva, we have no choice, but the process of tshuva makes it that a person is now dealing and suffering with a similar type of weakness, like a person that's sick, she has dropping we have to go through a certain uh, uh, um, you know healing process let's say through like some sort of electric shock and you know early 19 this is what uh, not not so much nowadays I don't think but uh, in those days electric shock therapy or something like that so it's, it, I, let, let's assume it, it works right but it comes with a tremendous weakness right so it, it got rid of the of the venom of the poison so to speak that was causing the sickness but it has the fact that it, it created a weakness in the healthy, uh, uh, you know, strength of, of, of healthy life that the person should have. So during, so this kufa of El and Asersamit Shuva, where we're engaged in Shuva, we're thinking about Shuva, obviously it's a necessary thing, but we should know that it does create a weakness. It does create a weakness. Why? Because in that initial stage of Shuva, Tatov, Lower Shuva, it's about deflating one's power and one's and breaking of oneself, and there's a there's a weakness that sets in with that. Shavim al kin says Rav Cook, and that's why the Rav gives us sukkis after Yom Kippur. Because what's sukkis after Yom Kippur? It's also a part of the structure of tshuva. Shana Rab is also tshuva, right? But that's a different. But that's called cool. that's already getting to tshuva law. That's called cool getting to higher tshuva of returning to the vigor and the rotsin of life. That's why after the times of tshuva, seriously tshuva and so on, then we transition into sukkahs, days of holy joy, of times where the soul is able to be joyful and to be and to, and to express itself and to jump and to sing and to dance and to want to uplift and to sort of resurrect the, 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 a good healthy rotsin that a person should have. And then that completes the tshuva. So it's not, it's not the, you know, I did tshuva, which means that I'm weaker as a person, and I feel more of like a lemela, so I have to balance that with some strength. No, no, it's not just balancing it. That's cool, taking the tshuva to the next level. Because again, this is the idea. The idea is that to have a, to have a, 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 a proper, again, the essence of tshuva is what we're saying, is the essence of tshuva is to see yourself as coming from a higher place, not bound to a particular moment or a particular influence or a particular set of circumstances. I am being sent from a place that's above all of that to go into this place and Adarava to listen with a careful ear in terms of what the situation is that I'm in, but then to influence it and to make it better and to bring light into the situation. Now, in order to do that, though, I have to detether myself from, from the influences of this world which initially require a certain, a certain level of, of uh, deflating of one's ego and desire and so on, of I, don't, I, I have to somehow uh, you know, bring up, conjure up a voice in my head which says, like, the world is not mine, 
you know. If the world is mine, then, you know, then why does that guy have that? Then I don't have it, you know. So there has to be a little bit to, to detach oneself from the things of this world that we find ourselves so enmeshed in, there has to be a little bit of a, of a, more than a little bit of humility and a sense of like, okay, you know, this is not my place, whatever. But that initial, that initial stage is really just to detangle us from the craziness of this world. But then the idea is, okay, now that I'm not fully enmeshed in the silliness of this world, now I can fully then embrace my desire and my self and my purpose to then descend back into this place and to conquer it for the Rabbanishwam. And so tshuva moves from being something that weakens a person to become something that actually strengthens a person. And that's the transition from lower tshuva to higher tshuva. And so this is the, the avoid of this time of year. Again, like I said, the ikr hachana to tshuva, which is the month of El, is to really realize this nekud of like, and that's what I've been talking about for the past few weeks already in, in many different ways, of that the essence of Chaydesh El and the Ikra Hachana Tachuva is to reframe our way of thinking of who we are, where we come from, and, and what are we doing here. That, 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 that's, and that, that reframing of like, I'm not from this place, you know, like even when it comes to Slichis, like from Svarad Mashkenazim, I talked about Ispashas Rishon, that we come from a higher place, right? Or, you know, by the Thursday night for Brangan, I was talking about this Indian of, of all my desires are coming from ultimately a memory that I had of what was before this world. This is an ikr of what tshuva is, to, to reorient yourself as, as a, a being that's disconnected and detangled and not completely coming from the details of time itself and of this place. You're coming from somewhere else and you're being sent here to influence it. And by the way, the place that you've been sent to influence, like I mentioned on Shabbos Day, wants to be influenced. The Nekeva wants to have shalom bayat with You're not fighting it. Like I said, the Yud, right? The Yud is both the influence and the sphere that you're influencing within the Yad. And so it, it's a complete shifting of, what, uh, uh, of who we are and what we're doing here and where we are. That, that's the Ikrachana. And then when you have that, so then Shuva becomes much more uh, natural. It's much more natural. Your place in the world becomes much more, much more, under, uh, you know, uh, you can embrace it better. And that's something what Shuva is. Shuva, uh, the, the, uh, a similar dover that a person's doing Shuva properly is if they're becoming happier and happier and happier. So becoming more depressed and more depressed and more depressed, uh, you have to rethink the program a little bit. And you might, you might not be uh, coming towards it in, in such a healthy way. So Shuva, like I said, Shuva Tata comes with a certain sense of breaking of the will. But again, but if it's in a healthy way, then it eventually leads to a strengthening of the will, and that's a healthy thing. So Hashem should help us. We should all be to do tshuva shleim alufenecha in a way that what that in, that that gives us a sense of purpose and a sense of shlichus and a sense of and a sense of existence in the world. And with that, we should be to teach the whole world what the purpose is and what we're here for. And the world is mamish open for it. They're ready for it. They want it. the world wants to wants to hear that 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 uh, that its existence is not a bad thing. That's the world wants to hear. So if we believe that ourselves, and we'll be able to spread that word, then uh, the whole world, that itself is true, and we should be to experience that.